Hey, today on Jesus, Sex, and Politics, we have a great show lined up for you. We're going to look at how the establishment is coming after the little guys and what the little guys are doing to stand up and push back. We're going to Hillsdale, Michigan, where there is a battle within the Republican Party up there between the patriotic crowd and the establishment GOP that has ruled the roost for many years and now they're feeling threatened. And so this story is one that has to get out because there's people all over this country who are standing up and saying enough's enough. And you're going to have conflict. You're going to have people coming against you if you stand up for truth. But don't back down. It's going to be an inspiring story of how to stand your ground when the whole machine comes knocking at your door telling you to back away. Buckle up. Got a great show. Here we go. Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Well, hey, Nathan, we've got some good guests in the studio today. I know. I, and so, uh, you this, look like one of these guys. Yeah, well, hey, you've got my uh, my dad in the studio. Dad, pull the microphone up and say hi. you got to speak into it there. So, uh, Hello, y'all. <laughs> and then uh, we've got... Uh, a guy that I've learned a lot from when it comes to constitutionality of uh, just our, our republic and, and what it means to actually follow the Constitution, John Rattan from both these guys from Hillsdale, Michigan. So, John, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for yeah. having me. So John and John, John Beckwith and John Rattan. And both J-O-N. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, both J-O-N. So uh, you, we're we're happy to have you. And, and here's what's fascinating about what you guys are doing is uh, the the we have down in Indiana, we've been fighting kind of the – the establishment versus the freedom-loving Americans, those who understand that the government is there to serve the people, not the other way around. And and there's this, there's you know, we call them rhinos and, you know, R-I-N-O, Republican in name only, those who act one way uh, just to get a vote, but then do the, uh, do the opposite when they're in office. And you guys in Michigan are fighting... Like, I mean, we got a fight in Indiana, but it ain't nothing like what you, you well, guys are going through right you know, now in Hillsdale, Michigan. It's not just Hillsdale in Indiana. This is something that's happening all across the United States. Yeah. Um, there might be battlegrounds that are a little bit... Uh, hotter. Hotter, but mm-hmm. uh, it's happening all the way across. And first off, we have to... We have to... Words have meanings, and we have to word, use proper wording and definitions. Um, and the word rhino, Republican name only, has been uh, used so much wrong that people think it's like when they, when I ask people what kind of a uh, government do we have in America, they go, oh, it's a democracy. Mm-hmm. I've even had some students from Hillsdale College tell me it's a democratic republic. Well, that's like having an up-down, isn't it? It's yeah, an yeah, oxymoron yeah, yeah, yeah. in terms, okay? <laughs> so... We have to understand what a rhino is. There's two types of Republicans, or actually three types of Republicans. And if you look at a bell curve, it pretty much shows the whole thing. So on 15% on one side, you have true conservatives that believe in conserving the very principles of the Constitution. In the middle, which is 70%, you have rhinos, which are Republicans in name only. And on the far side, the other 15% are what's called neoconservatives now irving crystal's the one that gave them that title the neoconservatives are ex-democrats that moved over into the republican party in the early 70s Uh, they were the moderates that didn't like that the democrats had uh, embraced the hippie movement 
These are people like Murdoch, who started Fox News, uh, Bushes. Uh, you know, Prescott Bush was Hitler's banker. So Bushes, Cheney's, Rumsfeld's, um, William F. Beckley Jr., and of course Irving Kristol. William Kristol was a commentator on Fox News. Mm. That's oh, Irving's yeah. son. Oh wow! So Irving Kristol is the one that actually coined the phrase neoconservative. That's what they called themselves. Two two passages in his book, Neoconservatism, should concern every true conservative Republican. He said he was felt privileged to be raised a young Trotskyite. Mm. Okay, so Trotsky practiced international socialism, whereas Marx practiced national socialism. So the neoconservatives are Trotskyites. They're practicing a type of socialism. This is why Bush had two 20-year wars, right? This is part of international socialism. Uh, taking democracy, something we've never had, somewhere else. That's just ridiculous. It also violates our, our Declaration of Independence. But one of the other passages in Irving Kristol's book, as he said, um, neoconservatives completely agree with the New Deal. They just don't feel that it went far enough. Now, the New Deal is what brought socialism yeah. to our land. Progressivism, yeah. So. When you look at it, you've got neoconservatives that know that they're practicing international socialism. This is why the Marxists and the Trotskyites get along fine with one another. This is for a long time people said, oh, I can't tell the difference between a Democrat and a Republican because there wasn't any. They were both practicing communism. Mm. So rhinos are people that don't know the difference between a true conservative and a neoconservative. They believe that anybody that's got the R behind their name must be on my side. Yeah. And that's simply not true. So it's, it's fascinating. I, I love that you laid that out so clearly for our listeners because I think that's, that, to your point, words have meaning. Sometimes mm -hmm. we just throw words around flippantly. We don't know what we're saying and, and we're pushing a completely false narrative or a narrative that we don't even intend to push. Um, you, you help, under, you help uh, sheriffs around the country understand their authority under the Constitution. You're a constitutional scholar, John. You, no, you, I, I'm not a scholar. Well, I'm a constitutional student. A student. Okay, there we go. So constitutional student. Uh, I, I think many would look at you as someone who knows a lot about the Constitution. So I think that's a fair statement. Uh, you, you know probably more than 99.9% .9 of the people in America about the Constitution. I always worry when someone says that they're a scholar. Okay, well, that's good. Because you can't know everything there is to know about the Constitution or the founding or what our founding fathers intended. There's a lot there. Yeah. It'll take a lifetime to study. Yeah. That's, well, and I've just, I love that you you study, you, you're so uh, thorough in your investigation of what the founders really truly were trying to establish. And so, but you help sheriffs because uh, you ran for sheriff in Hillsdale. Yeah, I'm the state director for the um, Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, the CSPOA. Okay, that yeah. was started by Richard Mack. Sir, uh, that's right, Mack. Sheriff Mack out, and he's out in Arizona. Arizona, yeah, yeah. that's right. So um, you guys do phenomenal work just across the the spectrum, across the nation. Um, a great story here is you you helped in a small way. Well, I'd say in a big way, but sort of uh, secondhand. You helped 
our sheriff, Sheriff Quakenbush in Hamilton County, really kind of know his constitutional rights to stand up against our governor when our governor back in the pandemic was trying to, or quote unquote pandemic, scamdemic. the scamdemic, yeah. there you go, <laughs> uh, that when the governor was trying to mask us and lock people in jail if they were caught in public without a mask. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, Sheriff Quakenbush was a little bit kind of uncertain how to, how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I called you, I said, okay, tell us, tell me kind of what the, the constitutionality of this is, what can sheriffs do to protect their people in the county? I relayed that information over to Sheriff Quakenbush and Sheriff Quakenbush came out with a great statement a few hours later and said, Hey, you know, here's, here's my constitutional authority. We're not going to allow this in Hamilton County. The governor, for all intents and purposes, he said the governor can go pound sand Mm -hmm. and it's not going to happen here in, in Hamilton County. So even that was a, you know, a, uh, the fruit of your, your study, You've helped, you know, people even in Hamilton mm-hmm. County that didn't even know that they were being protected, uh, but they they were protected under the Constitution and under a sheriff that did a great job in standing for that. So you help sheriffs around the the state mm-hmm. of Michigan and you know and around the nation too under Sheriff Mack, kind of know know what they can do and what they can't do. Yeah, I'm doing uh, I'm doing some classes right now. Uh, I just did a 28 week class in uh, Steuben County in Indiana. Indiana. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, R.J. Robinson is the uh, sheriff up there. Him and his uh, first sergeant, um, Brad um, Klein, were in the class, and uh, <clears throat> they really they really enjoyed the class. And uh, I enjoyed having them in the class. And Brad Klein, he's a great big, huge guy, and you wouldn't expect him to be as well read as he is, but he he had so much insight to bring to the class as we were saying things. Uh, And that's the difference I've noticed between Indiana and Michigan. Indiana, your sheriffs and your sheriff's deputies seem to embrace the Constitution. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah, Michigan, not so much. (laughs) Not so much, huh? (laughs) Wow. Surprised you guys weren't tattooed whenever you uh, came across the border. That's right. You know? Well, I think during the scam, little cover up on during us, the so. scamdemic there, I think Whitmer tried to keep you guys from coming across the border. Or she at least, uh, I think I heard her say something. She was going to send the state troopers out to keep you from crossing from uh, Michigan Indiana, into Indiana. So I called Dad and I said, you know, how are you guys? Uh, you know, what are you guys going to do? And Dad's like, oh, we know all the back roads that the state troopers don't. <laughs> They're all gravel. <laughs> They're They're all all yeah. Yeah, we call those we call those improved highways yeah. in Michigan. Uh, you know, Tennessee and North Carolina, uh, all those southern states now, there's no gravel roads. That's mm-hmm. yeah. Michigan. Yeah, we got gravel. I said, mm-hmm. I told your mother, I said, Well, um what, we're we got a we got a uh, detour here going into Michigan. So I'm not going all the way over the one twenty seven and up to Hudson and back to Happy Dale. Okay. So I'm gonna turn on the first county road in Ohio, and when we hit gravel, we'll be in Michigan. <laughs> so when when the pavement gravel, ends, I said, Kathy, yeah, we are in Michigan. That's funny. Right? Yep. That's funny. Welcome so, to Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> well, and which is you know, it, it's kind of is shocking that Michigan is in the state of affairs it's in because you. Oh have, no, it's not shocking at all. Well, well, to to the outsiders, it is. And here's what I say because I look at Hillsdale College as being a uh, maybe one of the you know last few. You know, universities, colleges in the country that actually are doing somewhat of a decent job. And and now you may disagree with that because you see the inner workings of everything that's going on in Hillsdale more than the outsider does. But 
But you know, you've got some. You got a place like Hillsdale College. You would think that it would spread throughout the state, and there would be some good lawmakers. There'd be some good people that are carrying the constitutional values into the state legislature. But it's to your point, it's not happening. Well, there's a principle in the Bible that um, a prophet in his own land is always scoffed. Oh yeah. My wife and I over Labor Day we took a little vacation, and uh, we come down to to where there's freedom. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we, the, the sixth the freest yeah. state in the union, yeah, the freedom, Indiana. Love freedom. Indiana yep. Yeah. So we went to we went to Shipshawana and, and down through and and, um, and then we we ended up in Elkhart, Indiana. And uh, of course, I like to get out of the the echo zone, uh, the, the echo chamber. I don't like, uh, you know, it's nice to set with conservatives all the time, but I've got a theory, and that theory proves to be true and that is one of the oldest tactics in the world is divide and conquer okay our founders set up three separate branches of government now it's an odd thing we learn english in school but we get out and for some reason we can't apply it very well separate means just that separate doesn't it so that means that the first branch government the legislative doesn't have to listen to the second branch of government, the executive, nor the third, because they're separate. And people go, "Oh, that's John. That's not true." Yeah, let's 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 go back a little bit. Uh, Eighteen twenty-six, and uh, <clears throat> President Jackson was allowing the people from Georgia to go into the Western Territory, and there were some things going on. It went to court, went all the way to the Supreme Court, and John Marshall said, "Yep." That's unconstitutional. You can't do it. Newspaper reporter went to the president and said, President Jackson, Chief Justice Marshall made a decision that that's unconstitutional. What do you think? And he said, well, I'm glad he made a decision. Now let's see him execute it. <laughs> that's true. Because that's the true. judicial yeah. branch Has does no, not have executive power, yeah. only the executive branch. And so when people start understanding that, and we did 150 years ago, but we have lost that idea through this New Deal socialism and the John Dewey model of public school that has dumbed our public down, that we think that it's a government. And we're not under a government. We are under a multiplicity of governments. You have a three branches of federal government. You have three branches of state government. You have county government. You have city government. You have village government. We have governments, not government. So when we understand that, the problem is in the 20th century, the governments coalesced into one nice little group. And they're using the oldest tactic in the world, divide and conquer, because we the people are the government. We are the top. Yeah, we're the sovereign. Yeah. And everybody says, well, we got to get involved in Washington, D.C. and let it trickle down. Well, you, do you not understand eighth grade science? See, to have something trickle down, it means it has to be up above. Federal government is the bottom of the cesspool. Yeah. Nothing can trickle down from there because it's the bottom. Yeah. So your most strong, the, the, the strongest government you have 
is local government. That is the strongest government. On that point, when I ran for Congress in 2020, people said, oh, man, Mike, you're starting at the top. You've never held local office <laughs> no. or state office. You're and I actually, and I actually said, I said, no, 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 I'm starting at the bottom. I'm going to work my way up to state government, and then someday I'll retire after I serve in the local government. Mm -hmm. So I'll be the mayor of the city. That's right. Yeah, I know. And they people will just look at me like a deer in headlights. They're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you don't understand how our system works if you yeah, think but Washington. That's, but that's John Dewey's model. Yeah. John Dewey's model was set up on the Communist Manifesto, which was set up on the papers of the Illuminati. Yeah. And that's exactly, it's atheistic in nature. Mm -hmm. Absolutely atheistic. So we've, we've dumbed the public down. So what's going on is you've got the governments that have coalesced into one group. Why? Because we thought there was two sides, but no, both sides were practicing communism. And so they've got the Republicans believing that the Democrats are horrible people. They're all Nancy Pelosi and Schumer and AOC and Tlaib and oh my gosh. Well, that's not true. You talk to the you talk to the regular man on the street Democrat, and they don't like those people either. But they've been conditioned to hate me as a Republican because they think I'm McConnell. They think I'm Romney. They think I'm Bush. They think I'm Cheney. And I can't stand those people either. I do not like their flavor of communism either. So this is where you're starting to see this groundswell of conservative patriots that are across the nation now that are coming up. And what's going on, I, it was just in the store the other day, and I was talking to somebody, and um, we got to talking. We were agreeing on all this stuff. And I said, yeah, I'm the parliamentarian for the local Republican Party. And he, he said, you're a Republican? I said, yeah. He goes, I'm a Democrat. And I said, isn't it scary how we agreed on everything? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, if that's what the Republicans are here, he said, I think I might join the Republican Party. <laughs> Amen, brother. And you <laughs> see, this is this is this is what, if they can keep us separate. Yeah. So I don't like to be in that echo chamber. Yeah, I like to get out there and talk to the other side. So we're in Indiana, and I'm in Elkhart, and of course, uh, Sheriff Brad Rogers. Uh, he's a CSPOA member and a friend of mine. And uh, so we're in Elkhart, and I'm talking to people, and they said, "Oh, what's your name?" And I'd say John Rutan. They go, "Oh, we've heard." Uh, Sheriff Rogers talk about you or oh we've heard so and so talk about you and my wife said what in the world she said in our hometown of Hillsdale they hate you and she said we come down here and you're like a local celebrity everywhere we go <laughs> and I said well that's a prophet in his own land yeah. he's always scoffed so what's going on in Hillsdale because oh, you guys took the, the the God and country kind of patriots took the party over a few years ago in I mean 2020 like, yeah so you guys you guys uh you 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 kind of pushed out the the neoconservatives if you no, will they, they pushed themselves well okay yeah. and you guys you guys took took mm -hmm. the party back but they've come back and they've now you know they're trying to pull all the tactics to try to squash the 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 patriot movement up there right. what's going on well what there's 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 two things that happened in 2020 what we did is we went around and we got a lot of the uh, uh grassroots conservative everyday people um, to get interested in becoming precinct delegates. And most people didn't know what a precinct delegate was. So as we were out, I was campaigning for sheriff then. So everywhere I would go, I'd talk to people about becoming a precinct delegate and conservative values, and they agreed with it, and they wanted to be involved. 
And when it came time uh, for our convention, we just had the more numbers. precinct delegates than they had. And so we took the party over. And, and just not, not to stop, but a lot of our listeners from Indiana, what, what that is, it's kind of like a, uh, a precinct committee man down here. So if you're, if you're a precinct delegate, that's Michigan's version of the precinct committee men. Precinct committee men elect the local leadership uh, to the party, and it's sort of the lifeblood of the party. So I just wanted to make that right. yeah, yeah, and, clear. And so, and so they're, they're, the, they're the people in the precincts that are supposed to be the direct connection to the people. They set the the party leadership locally, and so we had enough to get the party leadership locally. Well, as soon as we took the party leadership locally, um, we had a couple bad actors, and we censured one of them, and we um, caught him on tape lying. This was your. Uh, this was the uh, Senate Mike Senate Shirky. pro pro Tim. Uh, was he the leader of the Senate? Yeah, he's the top Republican in Michigan well, okay. until this last election, and he turned out. <laughs> thank goodness. But anyway. <laughs> So we, we videotaped him and caught him lying, and, and then he just couldn't stop lying. Then he got caught on a hot mic after he re, he said, <laughs> oh, think- I'm so sorry. And then on a hot mic, he said, well, I'm not really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was on again, and then he was like, ooh, those guys from Hillsdale. Oh we gosh. didn't do it. It's like, he how about you himself. stop lying there? Yeah, he there. hates us. He yeah. hates us. Yeah. But anyway, so that kind of set the tone, and then we sent a, a – uh, a, a a harshly worded letter to our congressman because he um, uh, voted for uh, $700 million to go to uh, gender studies in Pakistan, and we're a little upset about that. Wow. So, I mean, we understand what Madison said in Federalist 10, that we have to use the tool of shame to keep our representatives in good behavior. And so we did that. Well, because of that, our local politicians never came to any of the meetings. They wouldn't show up. We had chairs for them. We had reserved seats for them. They never showed up. Uh, Through this last two years, we've had every gubernatorial candidate for Republican there and speak, except for two. Um, We've had people running for Senate. We've had people running for Congress. We've had people running for uh, state rep. Even people that weren't in our area that came down and talked. We put on a a, uh, a Lincoln Day dinner that was uh, raved about across oh, great. the state. I was there. Yeah, yeah. both of you guys were there. Well, yeah, uh, the sheriff was there. Yeah, Quakenbush was there. And what? And then just to stop you on that point, because what I loved when we got there, you guys, you guys had a, 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 a the screen during the time when people are eating. You guys had you know sponsorships and stuff. People up on the screen, but you also had this one uh, graphic that was uh, it was a picture of the Brady Bunch. But it was called the Rhino Bunch, and you had all of your state uh, and elected officers that or officials that you thought were rhinos on on that. And I think, if I remember correctly, someone said there might have been even one of those people, one or two of those people were actually in the room for the Lincoln. <laughs> well, it's the a, shoe fits where it. I guess that's too bad. But I was like, you know, to your point, you shame you shame them into into doing what's right. You well, know, if the I shoe mean, fits where it. Yeah. Right? So. Um, <laughs> I was like, that's Good hilarious. And, and that's the problem. We, I mean, we're very upfront, and that, that uh, threatened a lot of people. And yeah. so anyway, they wouldn't come. And one of, the argue, one of the arguments here just recently, they said, well, we didn't feel comfortable there. 
And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you're going to, when you put your hand up and say, I'm going to run for this position as this party, and you win, and you're a representative, you're not just a representative for that party, you're a representative for everyone, and you think that you're not going to be in a hostile crowd at some point in time, are are you stupid? Yeah. (laughs) Um, So if you're going to do that, and you don't know how to handle a hostile crowd by standing on your principle, then... Maybe you're not the right guy for the job. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Yep. So they said they couldn't come to their own party because they didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> mm, I, I, I'm having a hard one. I, I'm having a hard time understanding that. So what they did was when we took the party over, we told them exactly what we were going to do. We told them exactly what our plan was, that we were going to have enough precinct delegates and we were going to take over the party. And they laughed at us. Now, I'd been going to the party for about 10 years, and we used to have crowds of about, uh, you know, standing room only of about 15 to 20 people. And that was when the kind of the establishment yeah. folks were yeah. kind of running it. Yeah, They never ran a proper convention. It was like, okay, who wants to go to state convention? Okay, you, <laughs> yeah. you. Well, we don't know you so well, so you're an alternate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they did They didn't run it by the rules. Yeah. So we got the bylaws. We looked at the bylaws, and we... Uh, changed them, added them. We put some pictographs in there so that precinct delegates understand the organizational chart all the way up to the state level and how that all works. Because at the end of the day, parties are a corporation, right? So one of the things we're looking at that we've discovered in Michigan that we're taking across the state of Michigan, and and this this is what the establishment is really afraid of, Prior to 1972, if you were going to run as a Republican, you had to have the local Republican Party's endorsement to do that. So in Michigan, we've got an application. It's got your name, address on it, um, the district where you live, where you vote, uh, whether you're a U.S. citizen or not, and then party affiliation. Now, in um, Michigan Compiled Law 168.558, it's very clear that when you go in and you put your name down, let's say I go in, I say I want to run as Martha Stewart, and I put Martha Stewart down. First thing that my clerk of the courts, my county clerk is supposed to do is ask for my picture ID. For my picture ID, she can see if that's my name. So she even has to go to some authority to verify my name and address. I can't just say what my name and address is. She has to verify that from some authority. Then I say what I'm going to run for, what district or or political subdivision I'm going to run for, she has to pull my voter's ID card from my picture ID to verify that. Now, once she's verified those two things, she's also verified that I'm a U.S. citizen. Why is it the only thing on that application she doesn't have to verify is my party affiliation? See, party affiliation is... it's a corporate word. Affiliate is a corporate word in Black's Law Dictionary. In the law, it's a corporate word. One corporation partners with another corporation, and that can only be done through shareholding or some type of corporate control. Okay? So, if you're going to run as a Republican, you're actually running as a quasi, uh, you're not running as the flesh and blood individual. You only do that as an independent. If you're going to use a party, you're partnering with a corporation, with a political corporation for the advantage that it gives you. And so to be affiliated, 
you have to have some type of shareholding or some type of corporate control. Now, what we've done since 1972 is anybody just goes in and goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Republican. Okay, well, we'll let you run as that. The problem is under 168.558 is when you sign that, you're signing under the penalty of perjury that you are affiliated with the Republican Party. Well, if you've never been to the local party, we've never seen you before. We don't know who you are. Your name's George Soros. We don't know you, but you're going to run as a Republican, and we're supposed to vote for you and be okay so that the general public, when they go to the election, because they haven't had time to look at things, the whole reason why we've got parties, is that they can have some belief that some group yeah. has vetted this person that has these values that, that, that you align with that you can vote for, right? That's the whole yeah. reason for parties. So I try to explain it to people like this. Let's say I'm bottling cola out of my garage, and I've got a yellow label on it that has J-O-N, and I sell about 100 bottles a year. And I think to myself, what would give me an advantage in the market? I know. I'll put a red and white label on there and call it Coca-Cola. Well, obviously, I'm going to sell more, right? Now, if Coca-Cola doesn't tell me, hey, 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 you can't do that, the absence of a no is the presence of a yes. We're still in the corporate world, right? So I can put that on there and sell 10,000 bottles a year. The problem is, what if I decide, eh, I don't really care about the hygiene of my garage and we're going to shirk a little bit on the, on the ingredients, then I ruin the brand standard for Coca-Cola. So their job is to protect that brand standard so that people that go buy Coca-Cola, they know that it's going to taste a certain way, that it's bottled a certain way, that there's a certain quality behind it, correct? That's right. So if, if Coca-Cola comes to me and says, nah, nah, you can't do that unless you're a shareholder and we have a contract where we have some sort of control. So it has to come from some authority. Affiliation has to come from some authority. And it's a corporate authority. So in the Republican Party, it's the NRC, the National Republican Committee. They're the parent corporation. They have 50 subsidiary corporations that are in our state. MIGOP, Michigan Grand Old Party. In Michigan, we have 83 smaller subsidiaries known as the local party. Because there's 83 counties? 83 counties. So it's set up in a corporate model. So what happened in our precinct delegate election, this last one, even though we took it over and we told them how we were going to do it and all that, what they did was they've committed felonies. They fixed a precinct delegate election in the county clerk's office and there was elected county officials that met in secret to conspire to do it. Mm. We caught them in July. Well, when we caught them in July, they, uh, well, I'll go through the story real quick. What happened was in January, our people were going to the county clerk's office to get the application to run as precinct delegate. They were being told, oh, you have to come back another day. Well, we don't have the paperwork. Oh, it's locked in the, in the clerk's office. <laughs> Okay, these are oh, get the key. Yeah, these are ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous claims. So some of these people, you know, thirty minutes away and all that, and they had to come back on Joe Biden gas. That's not cheap. So they should have been able to get it then. So, uh, so we realized that they weren't giving out the applications to people. So what we did was we got an application, and at the March Republican Party meeting in Hillsdale. We had it there, people to fill out. We had a, a notary public there that was notarizing the people's signatures. And so every, anybody that wanted to be a precinct delegate could fill it out. We took that whole packet 
into the county clerk and handed it into the county clerk. The next day she called me. She said, John, there's problems with the applications. And I said, okay, Marty, what, what are the applications? Well, some of them don't have the precinct on there, which is something we've never done before because just about everywhere in Hillsdale is only one precinct for that area. <coughs> and so she said, there's problems on these. And I said, okay, well, Marty, can you put a sticky note on each one of the applications? What's wrong with it? And I'll take it around and I'll get it to the people and we'll get it all taken care of. So she handed them back to me. It took me a week. I contacted everybody. We got everything, every sticky note taken care of, every sticky note on there. I took the whole packet back and handed it in to her. She then published our names on the website for seven weeks. Now, this was in March. In April, we had to have a precinct delegate allocations meeting. And so uh, that has to go before the election board. And the election board is the probate judge, the county clerk, and the county treasurer. So when we get in that hearing, we had 133 slots for Hillsdale County as Republicans. The county clerk, an elected official, motions on the floor that we get dropped to 100. Now, she didn't have any reason for it. She couldn't come up with a reason for it. Even the judge asked her, um, that seems like an arbitrary number. Why 100? And she tried to say, well, it's for the cost of the ballots. And so our secretary said, well, Marnie, then can you, can, can you show us the numbers? You know, she couldn't. So we couldn't figure out why arbitrarily she would drop us to 100. And then in May... On the 6th of May, which is the last day for applications, and of course, we've been published, all of the America First Patriots, the Patriots yep. are, have been published for seven weeks. She throws our applications out on a technicality, accepts 70 applications. Out of those 70 applications, 62 of them were either elected officials staff from the elected officials offices or the family of elected officials holy smokes 70 of them or uh, 62 62. out of the 70 okay so she threw out 70 america first ones well not 70 she she threw out about uh almost 30 30, almost 30 30. america first delegates okay for 70 rhino delegates okay for the establishment delegates and these will be people who are picking leadership going in the forward Republican in the Republican Party. Party. That's right. So what happened then was our people didn't even get a chance to be on the ballot to be chosen by the public. And one of the arguments they're making now is, well, these people were picked by the public. Well, let's let's assume this. Let's assume we've got a position in, uh, let's say, Hitler and Stalin and Jesus were running for it. <laughs> But at the last minute, we didn't let Jesus get on the ballot. And so you have a choice between Hitler and Stalin, right? And so you pick one, and everybody goes, oh, you picked Hitler. Was the lesser of the two, right, in my opinion? Well, how come you didn't pick Jesus? Well, he wasn't on the ballot. Yeah. If I'd have known he was going to be on the ballot, I'd have voted for him, of course. Who wouldn't, right? So this is our argument. You didn't give the public an opportunity to vote, vote yeah. for anybody that, that they could have voted yeah. for, you limited it to just exactly who you wanted on the ballot. Yeah. <clears throat> in doing that, they just they disenfranchised us and they did it. They conspired to do it. They threw all of our ballots out. In fact, a, a funny story about my daughter. My daughter actually took her ballot in and the deputy clerk filled her ballot out for her oh, wow. while she stood right there. 
approved it and everything. Yeah. They sent letters out to all of us patriots on so, the seventh of May. Said you when didn't it was fill it out too, right. Yeah, when it was too late. <laughs> when it was too late to be able to do it, but yet they approved the ballot. They approved the application seven weeks earlier yeah. and, and posted our names. Wow! And then on the last day, took our names off, and in the last two days, accepted seventy. And in that. 70 ballots they took oddly enough they could tell that all of them were okay just those 70 but our 30 it took them seven weeks to decide that there was a problem wow. with with them enough to throw them out so we knew what the setup was look there's people doing life sentences on less circumstantial evidence i'm, I'm just telling you yeah yeah and that is a felony what they did that's an absolute felony 20 years now the problem is with that felony here we got a problem all of our america first candidates in michigan we're running on election integrity issues. Yeah. <laughs> how hypocritic! How, how hypocritic is uh, you know the hypocrisy of that is just stunning. Yeah. Okay. So, and in the uh, conservative mecca of Hillsdale County, it's even worse. So they knew that we couldn't say anything because the people that are running against our grassroots candidates said that there was. Never any election issues as the most secure election in history in 2020. <laughs> so we knew they were going to use that against our people. So we couldn't say anything. Not only that, the attorney general is a Democrat that said that there's not an election integrity issue. The secretary of state is a Democrat that said there's not an election integrity issue. So who do we go to? Where's the authority that we can go to? And we couldn't, publicize this so we went media silent we went really we went quiet and on the 28th of of july in our bylaws we have an article 7 section 4 that's been there for five generations it's been there since before your dad was in the party and, it, and i think dad you're the longest standing party member in hillsdale county right now we 19, 1972 your grandmother took me kicking and screaming all the way up to detroit to be a delegate the, i said mom i don't want to be a delegate get in the car and get me up there the bylaws were still carved in stone when he came <laughs> we, we got paper now so it was, it was uh it was dad it was abraham lincoln and moses all kind of yeah pretty sitting close. around a, ta a table yeah yeah, yeah. Pretty close. yeah. yeah. your great-grandfather so, fought in the spanish-american war there we go yeah. there we go so so this article 7 section 4 has been in the bylaws for a long time in there it says that we can endorse or disavow candidates in a contested republican primary well one of the problems is the all of those 70 that signed up none of them had the republican party endorsement not most of them we'd never even seen we didn't know even know who they yeah, were yeah they hadn't paid their membership even the elected officials hadn't come for two years. They hadn't paid their membership. None of them were involved in any of the committees. They hadn't got in. They hadn't gotten involved in even one of the get out the vote initiatives. And by our bylaws, anybody that doesn't do those things, the very minimum things, yeah. are considered to have resigned from the executive committee. Yeah. Or in Indiana, we would call them Republican in bad standing. Yes. If, yeah. And that's it. We have in good standing in yeah. our in our bylaws. So at that point in time, we did, on July 28th, we disavowed a, all of our elected officials that were involved in setting uh, in this plot to commit felonies and commit 
election fraud. Which was how soon before your guys' state convention that you sent, you then send these delegates up to the state convention to vote for. Right. Was well, that- it was July 28th that we disavowed them. And then we had our election on August 8th. And then it was August 27th that we had our state convention. Okay. okay? Yeah. So what happened was August 28th or July 28th, we disavowed them, but it was too late to the to the primary to be able to have them taken off the ballot. Um, now, the other thing is during this time, when that happened, we all of our people put in for write-in candidacy. And so we put flyers out to everybody. Look, these people are running as write-ins because it's a tough race to run as write-in. I mean, it, it, it's almost impossible to run as write-in yeah. and win. Because Hillsdale is is Republican control for 97%. The most, yeah, I yeah. mean, that's where, and that's kind of how Hamilton County is. Yeah, that's uh, the odd thing that Democrats have 102 precinct delegate slots. Only one person signed up. We had a hundred from 133. Yeah. And we had more people than there were slots that were running for the positions. That's never happened okay. ever in the history of Hillsdale wow. and rarely in Michigan that you've got more people running than precinct delegate slots. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we disavowed them on the 28th. So when they went to the ballot, we did not consider them as Republicans, as the corporate authority that affiliates who is that, that. And so when they were elected, we did not feel that they were elected as Republican precinct delegates. They were elected, but not as a Republican precinct delegates. So they claimed that we violated Michigan election law and committed a misdemeanor by not letting them come to our um, our uh, county convention. Uh, co- county convention, yeah. because we didn't see them as Republicans. So we disavowed them. We told them, "Don't come. It's on private property. If you yeah. come, we're going to see it as trespass, yeah. and we'll ask you to leave." And so, they came. Only, I, no, only two. Came. Only two came. But okay. what happened was they'd already had it set up. Okay. Either that or Brent Leininger just carries a gavel in his pocket everywhere he goes. <laughs> kind of odd. I, you know, I'm not... Parking lot. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I do some weird things in some people's eyes, right? So I'm not going to judge. This I mean, is a parking lot one. Yeah, yeah, yeah so they, they did a media circus. So we tried to keep everything quiet to protect our candidates. Yeah. They didn't care because those weren't their candidates. It's kind of like when uh, it's kind of like when Solomon uh, had the two moms that came up with the baby and mm-hmm. say, you know, give me a sword. I'm going to cut the baby in half. And the, the real mom said, no, 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 no. Don't let do her that. Have the let, child. let her have the child. And Solomon said, that's, that's, that's got to be the yeah. true mother. Yeah, exactly. So we were trying to protect our candidates. Now, in years past, and I, I'm sure your dad can can testify to this. Oh, definitely. Is, I, I've, I've always had, I, you know, as long as I've been in the Republican Party, we'd get these neoconservatives that people would pick, and I'd go, that, that guy's not conservative at all. Yeah. And they go, well, come on, John, better a rhino than a, than a Democrat. you got to get behind our candidate and push him. Better a rhino than a, than a Democrat, right? That was always the mantra that they, yeah. would, that they would preach at us true conservatives. Yeah. And so we would get behind that candidate and push the candidate. Well, this time, foot's on the other, the shoe's on the other foot. Now they're grassroots candidates. They didn't mind destroying our candidates and making sure that the three Democrats won over our three Republicans yeah. Yeah. because they weren't their picks. They didn't care. 
but yet now we're supposed to. So that same thing happened in Indiana this past election. We, mm-hmm. the conservatives kind of took the convention in Indiana and we got our conservative uh, secretary of state and treasurer and auditor elected at the convention. Well, the secretary of state was one that they didn't want. The, the establishment did not want him. They, mm-hmm. It was, he was so, and so they have for the last few months just blasted him and they, I've even heard from establishment rhino Republicans who who are always telling the grassroots people, "Hey, these aren't really great, solid conservatives, but the Republicans is better Republican than a Democrat, right?" Mm-hmm. Well, now what I've heard this past election cycle is that the establishment, the Marion County, Indianapolis people, have been pushing the Democrat Secretary of State candidate. They and they were even voting for her. Her name was Destiny Wells over the Republican because the Republican was a conservative, which tells me they really don't care about the party. They have yeah. That happened in Michigan. Yeah. Here's what it should really tell you. Yeah. That little history lesson I gave you at the beginning, yeah. don't let somebody tell you that Rutan doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. That's a lie <laughs> because communists are communists and communists hang together. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what's going on, whether it's Trotsky socialism or Marxist socialism. That's why those two groups get along so well together. Yeah. Yep. Hey, John, one, one thought is that we don't call them communists in the 1950s. We just call them commies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't call them at all. Um, <laughs> they're not in my phone book. Yep. So, so this is the dynamic that's going on. So what happens then is we go to this, uh, this similar thing happened in Macomb County. So uh, our 13, they, the state uh, credentialing department, because we didn't let them into our convention, spanked us and took their delegates, their 13 delegates over ours. So they're 13. Because you got 13 to go from Hillsdale up to the state convention. Up to the state convention. So their 13 went up there, but we took all of our 13 up as guests. Okay. So we were all, they were all up there. So what happened in Macomb, a similar thing. Well, the delegates that are meeting at a state convention in the corporate world under corporate vernacular, that is the big corporate shareholders meeting, right? Yep. And at a corporate shareholders meeting, they, with the, with the majority of the shareholders, you can do anything. Certain things take a two thirds vote. Other things take a super majority, a 75% vote, right? This is all part of Robert's rules and part of the bylaws. When they got up there, 200 of the, Macomb delegates that were in there, a person went to the floor and put a motion on the floor, whether those 200 got to stay or whether the America first uh, grassroots 200 that were sitting back in the guest section Mm. took those other, that other place. So the same exact thing in Macomb County where the establishment kicked out the mm-hmm. rightful Republican leadership because mm-hmm. they're grassroots it's happening in Hillsdale County, but you guys are all watching this. Yeah. And so, okay. so that was a motion that was put on the floor. It wasn't, it was more than a supermajority. It was an 86% vote said, throw the bums out wow. and put the grassroots Beautiful. in. Wow. Dang. So they escorted 200 <laughs> delegates out of the building and had to credential 200 wow. more and put them in their place. And Macomb is where in Michigan? It's uh, over by, it's just uh, north just of up north of Detroit. Okay. Yeah, up up close in, into the base of the thumb. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how you know yeah. you're from Michigan. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but anyway, so they did that. 
Well, what was going to happen is Steve Cara, uh, a representative from the west side, southern west side of the state, he said, I'm going to take the mic and I'm going to put in motion the same thing happens to Hillsdale. Okay. They were scared to death of that happening. Okay. Number one. Number two, they were also worried it took them three hours to march 200 people out, yeah. bring 200 and re- more and re-credential. in, re-credential yeah. them and do all that. They didn't have enough money if they went over for the for the venue they were in. Okay, no way. All right. So the chief of staff, Paul Cordes, came down to our secretary and he said, hey, look, we got to make a deal. (laughs) If You had them over a barrel. If you guys do this, what will happen is we're going to go over, and it's $150,000. We don't have it to go over. And our secretary said, well, Paul, the problem is this. If you let those delegates that are here from Hillsdale set there, yeah. they're going to think they're the rightful party. They're going to think that they have authority. Yeah. Paul said, well, they don't. John said, I know, but then if you don't replace us. Yeah. We're going to go back. And yeah, we're going to go back, and we're not going to be anything. Yeah, yeah. And he said, how about if the chair Writes, signs a letter and says letter. that you guys are the rightful ones? Okay. said, sure. So... Um, Ron Weiser, who's the chair of MIGOP, wrote a letter, and basically that letter said, now that group that was there had met on 825. Now, this is 827. That group had met on Thursday, the disavowed ones, and they were all the county elected officials, and they decided they would have a meeting, vote us six people out as officers, vote themselves in as officers, and declare that they were the party. Yeah. So it was a coup. It was a coup. Yeah. The problem is their coup didn't work because MIGOP, the the authority of the corporation for the subsidiary, said that the group of people who met on 825 are not seen as legitimate. Okay. Okay. And you got a signed letter. Signed letter. Ipso facto, that meant that the meeting itself wasn't legitimate either. Yeah. Okay. So he didn't just say the meeting yeah. wasn't legitimate. He said that group of people yeah. are not seen as legitimate because they were disavowed as Republicans. Now they say, oh, you can't do that. Yeah, Wyoming did it. Wyoming did it in November of 2021, said Liz Cheney is not a Republican. Mm. And they get to say that because they control the corporate yeah. name. Yeah. Right? They control the corporate this name. This is not government. This is what I try to get people to understand. It's not government. It's not government. This is not a, you know, a the private rights. corporation. Yeah, this is not the rights of the people. This is a private corporation set up then to send the players into the government. That's right. Yeah. That's so, part of the problem. It's a trademark. It's yeah. a trademark. trademark. Yeah. yeah. Ours a trademark. Yeah. These a trademark. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the problem when people go, okay, well, what's your political affiliation? People go, oh, I vote Republican all the time. Straight, or somebody says, I, I vote Democrat all the time. Are they really telling you they're political affiliation or are they telling you how they vote it's, it's just like coca-cola right yeah let's say i go out and i say what kind of soda do you like and they go oh i drink coke i love coke i drink a drink a case of coke a day i got my whole house designed as a coke bar does that really make them affiliated with coke or does that make them a very big fan of coke yeah exactly so yeah. this is the difference and see this is why words have meanings and we've been using yeah. words loosely for and a very even, long time even with the coke analogy some people say hey i'll take a coke and they, that just means soda. That oh, doesn't yeah. even oh, mean yeah. like, you know, it yeah. could be a Mountain Dew or a Sprite or anything. Oh, like, that was a whole thing. When I joined the Army and was in, in, in Georgia, guy come up to me and he says, you want a Coke? And I said, no, I bought a Mountain Dew. And he goes, my money not good enough for you? And I was like, 
What? I, I wanted Mount. That's a Coke. I said <laughs> no. That's a Mountain Dew. Who's goes, on? Who's on first? Yeah, no, said, wait. What? He yeah. said no. That, that, no. What's on third? Yeah, he's, that's a, that's a citrus Coke. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's a southern Coke is yeah. a southern that, term. Yeah, yeah that's right. Come yeah. Back yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how I knew I was <laughs> a Yankee. <laughs> that's funny. So, but, but yeah, so that's the thing. So, so we got this letter from Roundweiser said that they're not legitimate. So we are the rightful party. Comes time for the fair. We've had that booth. Which, by the way, the Hillsdale County Fair is the greatest, the most popular fair, fair on, on earth, earth, is what the That's building what said. Say. Is that yeah, true? That I don't know. I drive by the fair. I see it up there. It's the most popular fair on earth. I'm like, well, I'm glad for Hillsdale. Well, Way to go, Hillsdale. I saw it on the internet. It must be true. We're actually, we're the oldest fair in Michigan. Is that true? That's what I understand. Oh, that's what you I'm understand. But that was written on the internet too. I'm not, I'm not from Happy Dale, but yeah, uh, I yeah. In Columbus, it, I slept at a. I, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. So yeah, yeah, it is one of the last truly agricultural fairs. It's a good fair. It is a. It is a good yeah, fair, and yeah. it's the. It is the absolute cultural highlight of Hillsdale. I mean, that's yeah. That's it. I mean, that's the. That's the top of the top so you guys are you guys typically have an amazing booth i've heard the last couple of years you guys really renovated that booth yeah and did- yeah it was never an amazing booth okay until, we until took you took it away okay <laughs> Yeah. So it was it not became an amazing. amazing that's right. Group. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I meant. So, so we put a lot of work into it, and we fixed it all up. And we were already we we had about uh, sixteen hundred dollars in t shirts all all printed ready now, to go for the listeners. So that so you got that letter in August, August twenty seventh, mm-hmm. right? And then the fair happens at the end of September. So this is about a month later, right. correct? Well, yeah. in August on August fourth, uh, we wrote a check for our fair booth and it got delivered to the fairgrounds to the board the fairground okay. which is the hillsdale county agricultural society on august 8th they took our check they stamped it on the back and they wrote on our contract paid okay so we thought everything was fine of course then all this thing happens with the, the new republican the, the yeah coup. in the, yeah. the state the state party and um some of the elected officials had their feelings hurt <laughs> and um so they come down and they started to use their position of elected power against the constituents That's right. their own constituents the under sheriff did that i um, myself have been sued personally by the prosecuting attorney Sued personally by the county clerk, sued personally <laughs> by the county sheriff, sued personally by the register of deeds, sued personally by the five county commissioners. I love sued, it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm public enemy number that one. That means for you're the doing something right. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I love that because yeah. if if they're like if these you know squishy, I mean, politicians have such a terrible name to begin with because they're all squishy sellouts. They'll sell their grandma to the highest bidder. Well, they, they didn't get that. They didn't get that title or that feeling for nothing. Yes, that's right. They saying, earned. They earned it. That. Yeah. So if you are their enemy, then I would say you're doing something well. So and keep doing it. But so so now to the fair. So then they they push you out. They say we're not we're we're giving. Yeah. The so we so we give them the check. They they do everything, and then a week before the fair, they send us our check back. They said, "Oh, we're giving the booth to the real Republican Party." <laughs> Right. And we said, right. we got. We a, are the real Republican got, Party. We got a letter that says we are the real Republican Party, and they said, "Well, we reject your reality and institute our own." Right? Wow! <laughs> so wow! What happened was, then we've got this county commissioner, Brett Leininger, who's the self-appointed chair of the other party, the fake party. 
he tells the fair board, well, they broke the law. And so they have a meeting and they tell us, no, in the meeting, they, they agreed that they're giving it to the, to the fake party. And we said, no, wait a minute, we got a letter from Ron Weiser. So we presided, presented them with the letter. They said, well, we had a meeting and somebody said, your letter's forged. So we had Stu Foster from MIGOP, <laughs> who happens to be the director of political affairs, okay. called both Lori Hall and um, uh, Brett. No, um, uh, he's the, the councilman for Ward 4. He's also on the th- uh, Ray Briner and left a message on both of their voicemails. And Ray Briner, uh, um, from his mouth to my ear, told me that Stu did call him. And Stu said, look, Brett Leiniger's group is not the Republican Party, the the group that we support is the real Republican Party, and they rightfully should have the booth. So they had another meeting, and they said, well, we still decided against you. Okay, well, they breached a contract. Yeah. So, so now they're trying to market Coca-Cola, a Coca-Cola product that's not really a Coca-Cola product, and they're running with it anyway. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so what happened was... Uh, we said okay, so we filed a we filed a civil suit in Hillsdale Courts on Tuesday before the fair, and it had um, five counts in it. And one of them was tortious interference on on Brett Leininger, county commissioner, and because of that, because we named him as part of the lawsuit for breaching the contract, that he caused the breach of contract by interfering fraudulently. To create the tort, that's where you get the tortious interference. He was named in that. So all of our judges recused themselves from that case, which is proper. They should. And then on Thursday, we filed an ex parte temporary restraining order, or known as a TRO. That went to all the judges. Now, all the judges, judges are supposed to look at restraining orders. Personal protective orders are restraining orders, right? So if a, if a woman's being threatened by an ex-husband or a boyfriend, she can go get a PPO. That PPO then protects her from an assault uh, and has some legal teeth behind it to keep that from happening. So we filed this TRO. Well, our chief judge happened to be on vacation. And so we turn it in on Thursday, Friday, we hear back from the court and they said, oh, well, all the judges have recused themselves from the TRO. So when the chief judge comes back on Wednesday, which is after Sunday that the fair starts, which oh, makes yeah. the TRO moot or yeah. spoils it, then she'll do the paperwork to send it to the state court administrator's office or SCAO <laughs> so that they can find a judge that will hear it so it's not connected. So then by that point, the fair is over. Yeah. And this whole thing is... And so, yeah. I explained to the court administrator, I said, um, do you realize that this TRO spoils on Sunday? Somebody has to read this and make a decision because it's ex parte by yeah. Sunday. Well, I don't know what to tell you. That's the, that's the system. That's the process, which it's not. Yeah. So on Tuesday, after it's spoiled, our uh, vice chair goes to the county clerk's office and no, the county clerk's office that does all the paperwork for the court is also one of the ones that conspired to fix the election and fix the election. So they're they're eyeball deep into this thing. Yeah. Okay. So he goes up there and he says, uh, Marnie Cast, who's the county clerk, he says, Marnie, can you can you tell me why all the judges recused themselves from the TRO? 
She said, well, it's because Brett Leiniger is a, a county commissioner. He said, Marnie, Brent Leiniger's not named on the TRO. She said, well, he's in the complaint. He said, yeah, Marnie, the complaint that was filed on Tuesday is separate than the TRO that was filed on Thursday. So at that point in time, we knew that none of the judges read it. And I think none of them read it because I think Marnie Cast tried to make them believe that it was the same thing so that they would do this so it was spoiled. Mm. See what I'm yeah. see where I'm coming yeah, at? Yeah, now? yeah. Okay. So it's playing the system. And as yeah. you're and as you're saying this, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, man, this seems like a lot of drama, like what what's the point of all of this? The point of this whole story is that you have to know the rules that we that our game is played by because the, our constitution protects us but to your point earlier John Dewey has the public education system has yeah. made us so ignorant and dumbed us down how do you that, support something you don't know you have yeah and that's what i think is so brilliant about you john is that you know the system better than most people even the people who are in the system that's you know, why they hate me and that's why they hate you <laughs> they really do and 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 the tanites and, and yep. you know the bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge mm-hmm. the god god's saying it's not they, they're they're not dying because they're bad people they're not dying because they they did something you know uh you know wicked they're dying because they don't know what they don't know and that's right. and i think you know we say it all the time knowledge is power you have a lot of power in Hillsdale. And you have a lot of power in Michigan, but it's because you know all of the inside workings of how our government should should operate. And when people try to screw other people mm-hmm. using the systems that it wasn't designed to be used that way, you can step in and say, nope, you're playing outside the rules of the game, and I'm calling you on well, it. Well, that's the biggest reason why they hate me in Hillsdale, right? In 2010, I started a group called Hillsdale Justice Project because I realized most people are involved in the criminal justice system in Hillsdale, which is a mess, simply because they don't know what their what their rights are. I mean, uh, you know, most people don't know that if a, if a sheriff's deputy's pounding on your door, you have no legal obligation to answer the yeah. door. You know, one of the things you can do is open a window close to the door and say, can I help you? Yeah, I, I got a warrant. Okay, well, I'm not going to resist you. If you got a warrant, kick the door in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, called my bluff. Oh. Because <laughs> if you truly got a warrant, yeah, you, you can, got the right to kick you can, my door in. You can in. come in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to open it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I have no obligation to. I love this. Now, did, were you telling us this off the air that they tried to serve you with papers? <laughs> yeah. and, and tell that story real quick. Cause, oh, okay, because yeah. they're trying to serve you with papers to, yeah. for these lawsuits. Yeah. And they couldn't serve you. I'm like, well, could they not find you? And he's like, well, they came to my house. They pounded on the door. And I'm like, well, didn't you open the door? And he's like, no, tell, tell them. Yeah, tell them what you did. Yeah, Saturday morning, I hear this <laughs> pounding on the door. And I go, of course, I look out the peephole. And I see it's a sheriff's deputy. He's got these papers in his hand. I'm figuring, okay, well, if it's a warrant, he'll kick the door. And if not, I'm not answering the door. <laughs> right? It's nothing I want. And so my daughter sleeps upstairs, and I didn't want her running downstairs and opening the door, so I just turned around, and I yell upstairs where they, I know they could hear me out the front door. <laughs> it's the sheriff. Don't I said, open the I door. I said, it's the sheriff's deputy. Don't open the door. And then I went over to my chair and sat down and continued to watch TV, and I know he could see me in the window. <laughs> Because he started pounding harder, and then about 10 minutes later, he left and got in his car. And then, of course, Sunday morning, about 6.45, boom, 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 on my door again. Well, my bedroom, you can see my bedroom window from my porch, from my front door, Okay, and they could see the glow of my TV 
that I'm watching, and they can, I'm sure they can hear it. Uh, I've got my dad's earring, so I've got it up <laughs> quite a bit. And uh, so I know they can hear it because he's just, the poor guy, I, he had to have bloody knuckles by the end. <laughs> he had to go back and get in. But no, I didn't have, I have no obligation to answer the door. And people go, well, you're so anti-law enforcement. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely pro-law enforcement, I'm, but I'm pro-constitution. Love it. And, yep. and law enforcement that looks at the Constitution as the supreme law that we have to follow instead of how do we get around it yep. are the true servants of the people. And they are the sheriffs and the sheriff's deputy that deserve all of our respect. And it's not an easy job. I, look, I'll, I'll grant it's not an easy job, but it's an honorable job yep. if it's done by the Constitution. That's great. I love it. So go back to uh, just finish this uh, fair story. So what happened? Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. So they, they do it. So they spoil our TRO. They take over the fair booth, and it is the saddest. <laughs> so did ever. you ever think that, okay, did you ever think, well, we're just going to go and stand in the booth ourselves and, like, make them? What could they have done? Would they have called the police in to escort you out? Sure, or? because the, the, the fairground's private property, right? It's okay. the Hillsdale County Agricultural Society. So that's fine, but what we did do is we handed out copies of the lawsuit to everybody that wanted to see it so they could see what was going on. Okay. Uh, now, we don't have that lawsuits coming up in December that they're going to hear. they got to find another judge. So what they did was they found a judge in a county next to ours that receives money from our county uh, um, commissioners for the uh, uh, juvenile delinquents program and the foster care program. Okay, well, if our judges can't hear it because the county commissioners deal with their budget, then those oh, yeah. judges in the other county shouldn't be hearing it because they benefit from the checks that Hillsdale County writes Lenawee County. Yeah. Yeah, conflict of interest. There, <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. And so they've been doing this to us, and I've been saying things about this. So we've now, I filed a complaint with the state court administrator's office and with the Judicial Tenure Commission and with the Supreme Court. We're saying, look, these judges, why is it every time our judges recuse ourselves, you keep giving us the same ones that keep filing against us? Yeah. Well, why are they filing against us? Well, a little rudimentary research, we find out it's because they're benefiting from our tax money that our county commission's paying them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not hard to figure yeah, out. Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, ethics is something people don't real, <laughs> don't even know what it is anymore. So... So we did this. So then your mom, of course, who has a, a very vibrant jail ministry where she goes in and ministers to the women in the Hillsdale County Jail, then gets banned because she's part of that group. Yeah, that's, that, that's the thing that really ticked me off. And I did a Facebook Live video on it because now because of your political, the political rhinos, the establishment, they have such a hatred in their heart for the grassroots. My mom's a part of that grassroots community politically, but the ministry of the jail is not is not the political action. It's not the activism of, of politics. It's literally t taking the gospel in, helping people in need in a time of crisis in their life. And the jail, the sheriff, because he was so politically blinded by this, is, oh, because you're associated with that group, we're now going to stop you from ministering. But this is the same sheriff that claims to be a Christian. A Christian. Yeah, I know. And his brother that goes around and preaches at all the Baptist churches in yeah. Hillsdale while trashing my name at the door. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's, his brother that's doesn't some, like yeah. me because his brother was an illegal undersheriff for 10 years. And the odd thing is, the sheriff that's there now, I ran a against scott 
in 2012. In 2012, his brother backed the other guy. Scott was angry. He, JJ, was estranged from his entire family, but his mother, Scott, had me come down to his house. Scott gave me all the paperwork that proved his brother was Neil Glendershire for 10 years <laughs> and all the paperwork that proved that he used his other brother's M. Cole's number because he didn't have one. Oh my That's gosh. what made him illegal. And this guy's a Baptist preacher? Pastor, yeah. And oh he's, my now, gosh. he's now the head of Hillsdale Hospital. Oh, I wonder, yeah. I wonder how that worked. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not hard to figure yeah. out, right? COVID, My so. goodness. And, uh, well, you know, I, I've heard it said, if you want to find corruption, you don't have to look any further than the pulpit of America's churches. I mean, that's well, unfortunate. And that's the problem, right? Yeah. In the Revolutionary War, we had a thing called the Black Robe Brigade. Yep. And that's because pastors were men. They were good, strong Christian men. We have emasculated the church, but this was all by plan. I teach the 700 years history that leads up to the, gene the genealogical documents that lead up to the, the our founding documents that our founding fathers actually plagiarized from. The 1100s Charter of Liberty. First thing in that says, the king shall not insert himself in the church. Yep. Okay, then we go to the Magna Carta 1215. The king should not insert himself into the church. Yep. First thing. Yep. Then we get to the um, petition of right, 1128. The king shall not insert himself into the church. We get into the grand remonstrance of 1641. Shame on the king for inserting himself in the church. Then we get to the British Bill of Rights of 1689. The king shall not insert himself in the church. Then we get the first article of the Bill of Rights that says, Congress shall make no law respecting establish the, the establishment of religion. The king shall not insert himself into, into, the the, church. into the church. Then we had the 16th and 17th Amendment in 1913, and the churches invited the king. Oh, my gosh. The yeah. churches couldn't wait to get the yeah. king into the church. Yeah. When we See, people don't understand the basis of the law. Man is born of God, operates under the pleasure of God, and because of that, he has rights that are inherent, and those rights are protected by the Constitution and common law. Corporations are born of government. They operate under the pleasure of government, and because of that, they have privileges, and those privileges are protected by the statutes and the Uniform Commercial Code. So when we had churches that were operating under the pleasure of God. They had rights, and those rights were protected by the Constitution and the common law. We could have a black robe brigade. Yeah. The problem is when they sold out and sold God's house to be government meeting houses under the pleasure of government, yeah. then now they have their little franchise of their business of religion, whatever flavor of the day it is, you know. Um, and this is why during COVID you had all these pastors that were shutting churches down and going, well, you know, I have to, cause the governor said, shame on you, pastor, shame on you. Yeah. You would rather turn God's house into a business under government rather than operate under the pleasure of God and have the, 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 the masculinity to stand up and be a, a, a man for God. Yeah. Yeah, this is in and 2020 highlighted it. Well, and that's because pastors don't know what they don't know. They don't even understand. They they think we're a democracy. I mean, you ask you ask <laughs> most pastors. They say, "Oh yeah, we're a democracy." They don't even know what a republic is. They don't yeah. even know what a constitutional republic is. And so, and we're not even a constitutional republic. I hear that all the time too. That's well, wrong. Madison says in 51, we are a compound republic. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, and even that right there 
I mean, you. I don't think even pastors would have ever even heard of the phrase "compound republic." No, I mean, like, no, not at all. I mean, that's and so again, my people that's perish for lack of knowledge. Well, I was talking to a police officer the other day, and uh, it, well, it wasn't the other day. It's been about two years ago. I was leaving home, leaving class, and it was late at night, and I was taking somebody home. I get pulled over because I'm the only one on the road. And he comes up and he goes, where are you coming from? And I said, well, I'm just coming back from teaching the Federalist Papers. He said, Federalist Papers? What? What's that? I said, oh, my Lord. You are a sworn police officer and you don't know what the Federalist Papers are? Nope, don't have a clue. And I said, well, man, that's where our problem is. <laughs> Did he give you a ticket? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Because I think he was still trying to figure out what the like, fed- <laughs> I think he, I think he thought I was pulling his leg. Oh, that's funny. To the dispatch. Oh, my hey, gosh. Is so, hey, yeah. Go. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, th- this is my take on the const- uh, on, on uh, being a, uh, a uh, not be- people are always saying we're a democracy. And I think that's done on purpose by the Democrats because uh, they want us to vote ourselves into a democracy. Yeah. And this is what happened in, in 1933 in Germany. A democracy voted themselves into Hitler. Yeah. This is why the compound uh, republic is that that can't happen, but they're trying to trick us to become a... Well, wor- words have meaning, right? You right. said if, that earlier. Yeah. We understand it. A republic, a keystone of republic of a Republican government is it has to be representative. Yeah. You have to have a representative. So that is a, that's why Article 4, Section 4 guarantees all the people in several states a Republican form of government. Yeah. They have to be represented in each one of their compound republics, right? It goes from all those compound republics down to the federal government where they're represented. And every aspect of it, all the way from top government to federal government, is represented. The problem is we think that a hallmark and keystone of democracy is a vote, that's simply not true. Uh, democracy comes from the Greek word demos kratos, which means mob rule. Yeah. Okay. The rule of the many, mob rule. And if you remember during 2020, the mostly peaceful protests of BLM in Antifa, where cities were on fire, but it was mostly peaceful. Yeah, right. Um, had the CNN anchor saying, well, I don't know. It uh, just seems like a peaceful protest and behind him, the, yeah, the building's yeah, burning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and looting. Yeah. So, you know, when those people came together, do you, I don't ever remember the news media catching where they said, okay, let's see a show of hands. Who votes for looting? <laughs> ah, dang, that one went out. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who votes for burning the place down? One, two, three. Okay, we got it by one. That's what we're going to do. See, that's a demo. No, 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 that wasn't a democracy. Yeah. What happens in a democracy is the mob, the mob rules. The mob rules yeah. So when the mob came in, then they did whatever they wanted to, and the minority is crushed in that. Yeah. That's why democracies are horrible forms of government. Yeah, and, it, and it, to your point, minorities have no rights in democracies. That's, that's right. why That's why the oligarchs want there to be democracy because they know that the yes, normal they're guys... Always in, they're yeah, always in charge. That's right. And this is the problem. When our Constitution says, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just power from the consent of the governed so we vote to test the consent of the governed we are not a democracy because we vote yeah that's good that's good i love it so where where do you go from here as we wrap up you know just uh it's been fascinating so you guys have this lawsuit that's hitting in december it sounds like or 
Like, well, what? I mean, if we survive to that point in time, we just got threatened the other day that uh, they're going to sue and sue and keep suing and keep suing. And okay, what does where does that leave me as the constituent? Well, I'm thought I thought I was supposed to have equal protection law under the Fourteenth Amendment, and these people are the ones that were put in place as my representatives within the law yeah. to protect you. So, yeah. where's my equal protection law? Yeah. Where, is you know what do we do what happens so is it right that my servants my employees can take my business yeah, no is it right that my employees can sue me and take everything from no they work for me they're supposed to work for me there's supposed to be limits on them the other thing is we've got a judge now that said i couldn't show up at a county convention i couldn't speak about it in putting together a county convention. And even John Smith, who's a, 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 a duly elected precinct delegate, they told him he couldn't vote. Wow. So here, if my rights are given to me by God, this is another concept that we have to understand. Yep. My rights are given to me by God, not government. Anything that's given to me by God is only can only be taken by God. That's right, yeah. See, that's the the first sin, and I have this argument with pastors all the time, who committed the first sin? Well, it wasn't Eve, it was Lucifer. It was the sin that he committed. The sin he committed was the lust of power of God. And so, and it's interesting, he says he wants to be like God. God. Yeah, he that's never, the he lust ne- of the power. Yeah, he never says, he never even imagines being more than God. That's because who, who could? Who could? Yeah, isn't it? So, yeah, it's crazy. So the, the, the original sin is the lust of power. And I ask pastors all the time, what sin did, did Eve commit? Well, the sin of disobedience. No, I'm sorry, pastor, it wasn't. What did... Lucifer say you to, could be like God yeah he surely he doesn't want you to eat of that because you'll have the knowledge yeah. of God yeah. and so she lusted for the power of God because yeah. knowledge is power too right. this is why in first Timothy it says the love of money is the root of all evil not money the love of because money represents power and the love of it is that lust of that money yeah, okay right. so anybody that would put themselves at the same level of God or above commits blasphemy would you would you yeah. agree to that yeah. okay so if what was the first gift god gave man in the garden the gift of free will wasn't yeah, it that's right okay well what do we see across all these governments and across the world it's always the fight about taking the control over other people isn't yeah. it so that they don't have what free will so anybody that puts themselves at the same level of god to take a gift away that god gave man has committed blasphemy so anybody that would do that so now i've got this judge that i'm sure believes he's a christian i'm sure he believes in the word but he believed that he had the same power of god to take away a gift god gave me i'm sorry your honor that's blasphemy you're doing exactly what lucifer did exactly (laughs) How dare you? And dressed in the Contem- same robe. Contem- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and I, I just, you know, I think that's such a great point because we have to remember that government does not give us those gifts because if they, if government could give it, government can take it away. But government's taking it away. Yeah. Why? Because we allow it. Because yeah. we believe we're a democracy. Because we believe that they have power. Well, and, you know, the other aspect of the Garden of Eden, the fall, you know, uh, how did Lucifer get Eve and, and Adam both to believe his lie? He, he questions what God says. He doesn't say, oh, God's lying to you. He, he just says, did God really say? 
Yeah. Right. Did God. And, and that's what we're kind of getting into this place in, in our culture. It's like, mm-hmm. well, did the founders really base it on the truth? Does God's truth even really say this? Do you really even know history? Do mm-hmm. you like they start to they start to make you like it's almost gaslighting. They start mm-hmm. to make you think, oh, well, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I'm the crazy one here. And, and it's the same thing Lucifer did in the garden. Exactly. Hey, you just didn't hear God correctly. Because did he, he didn't really say that if you eat of it, you will surely die. Yeah, he, he you're was, just going to have his knowledge. Yes, what could be bad with yeah, that? Exactly. So, you know, I think, to, I think you know, to that point, it's just it, it, we're, we're fighting the same battle that that humans have been fighting since the Garden of Eden. And that's part of the problem. When we study history, and I love to study history, hated it in school, love it now. Yeah. Um, but when we study history, we like to study history like it's some t- like it was a long time ago and the people were different and everything was different. Yeah, we're way more smart. No, yeah. The, <laughs> The human condition has not changed in 6,000 right. years, and in 6,000 years, it won't change again. That's what the beauty of the Constitution is. Our founders said, we know the natural nature of man. Now, they didn't judge it good or bad. Yeah. They just said, we know the natural nature of man, and it hasn't changed, and it won't. That's why isn't, this Constitution works. Isn't then the founders in the Federalist Papers that say we're, we're a combination, uh, or we're, we're in between angels and, and demons? Or no, is it's that 51. What? He said yeah. if if uh, men were angels, we wouldn't need government, yep. and if angels were in government, we wouldn't need a Constitution. Yeah. But neither one of those are true. Yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, how can... Yeah, Dad. I'd like to bring you up uh, in regards to your mother. Yeah. Um, where she got uh, kind of brought into this whole program was she sent a letter to the undersheriff who is the chairman of the Hillsdale County Fair. And that's Nate uh, Lambright, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah. And he's the undersheriff, next in line to the sheriff. And so then she was trying to go to uh, to, to the jail once a week. They were, yeah, to do ministry. So she was just trying to minister in the jail. Get, get yeah. these young ladies saved yeah. so they don't wind up in a lake of fire. And uh, so they said to her the first week and says, no, I'm sorry, we've got too many things going on here. I can't let you in. So she comes back and tells me this. And I'm going, okay, I said, I don't think they're going to let you in. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because they have too many things going on. It's because they see you as a political threat yeah, and they don't want yeah. you come in, coming so into their. she back the next week and they do the same thing. And then she finally found out from one of the, uh, um, the undersheriff or the sheriff's uh, deputies that yeah they're not letting her in anymore. So she sends a letter to um, back, and she she gets a letter from the under sheriff, and and, uh, and he throws the sheriff under the bus. He I said, "Oh, it wasn't it. my decision. Yeah, it, it was the sheriff's decision." <laughs> sheriff said, "You do psychic readings," and he doesn't think that's, <laughs> that's Christian. Right. That's right. So, I've never known. Uh, I've never known your mom to yeah, do a psychic listen, reading. If you know Kathy Beckwith, she's the furthest thing from a psychic that's out there. She's. She's, I mean, she knows God's word better than most pastors do in, in yeah. this country. And I mean, but she told me about that and I, well, we're going to, we're going to probably, I'm probably going to take this podcast too. I'm probably going to post it on the, the sheriff's uh, page in yeah. Hillsdale. There, oh, good. So can, well, let, let, that would be good for me. That would be good for me. Let me finish now. Okay. Let me finish yeah. this. It doesn't stop there. Okay. okay. So, uh, so Sozo Church is involved as being psychics and so on and so forth and, and, uh, and and this is in an email, uh, and, um, and the Lambright says, "Well, 
you know, uh, you, you practice these things, and we only let Christians in the jail. We don't let anybody else in the Christians, which that, uh, I was that's gonna a say, that's a violation of the law. Of the law. <laughs> like, oh, I, I man, we got you I, now. <laughs> I don't mind that. I mean, yeah. being a born-again Christian yeah. trying to save people from the lake of fire, yeah. I'm off. But work. you can't say you that can't, as can't a... Say, uh, but, uh, yeah. Even at that, John, I mind that. Here's the thing. If I believe that my Christianity is the true word, yeah. then I don't worry about anything else that's right. being the presented. Truth, the truth doesn't Because the truth work. will always yeah. stand itself about, that's right. uh, apart. We don't need to silence. No. I, I do not mind any opposing thoughts because I know at the end of the day, truth will win out That's if right. truth is if it's just free to, to actually right. go out That's the only right. way lies can win is by yeah. suppressing the truth so That's now right. people are coming up and asking me says i'm hearing that your your wife is a is a witch practicing witchcraft <laughs> oh my and, god and, and, and this is like sozo church well, yeah. oh my god what are these clowns yeah on? and it's just this is all what are you talk about liable yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, well, could you sue them over slander and libel oh, for that? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, another thing that came up that's really disturbing is the judge said that our six officers couldn't be involved in the county con- in the county convention, but we'd already done a call for the convention before the, before the restraining order. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was going to be at Old Wilson Hall, where they also hold Sozo Church. Yeah. Yeah. And the pastor gets a call from Mark Wiley, the chair of the county board he was a democrat and he says to the he says to the pastor you can't let them meet there you you can't let them meet at that building if you do you're breaking a court order which was a lie yeah and then he threatens the pastor with trouble (laughs) with trouble yeah there'll be trouble okay now this is wow the head of the county commission threatening a pastor and telling a pastor what he can and can't do with his building. Yeah. And that if he doesn't succumb to government, yeah. to will, the government there will be trouble. there will be trouble. Wow, that sounds exactly what maybe sparked, a, I don't know, an insurrection called the 1776 Revolution a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? the Black Road Brigade yeah. said bring that trouble I here. Know, well, I know, I know, right? They're not Black Roads anymore. Yeah. They're not brigades. Yeah. They're, they're the wussies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, you know what, though? God is raising up a lot of uh, yeah. bold pastors with guys like Charlie yes. Kirk and Turning Point USA, yes. they've they've started invigorating pastors to get in this battle. And so you got guys like Rob McCoy and and uh, Jack Hibbs, and you know down here at you know and even Sozo Church, you know even Ed and and uh, you know those guys. I think God is just he's he's just breathing his courage into these pastors who are Absolutely. saying we this is we're we're charging the hill with everything we got, you know. And that's what I love Come. about Sozo. They're not a five hundred one c three. Yeah, yeah. They're an evangelical first article of the Bill of Rights Church. Love it, love it. That's hey, cool. W- one thing about yeah. uh, we're in we're, we're basically in North Carolina last year, and so I send my uh, my uh, petition in to be a delegate again because I've been delegates for quite a while. And, since you uh, had to apply on stone. It, that's right. Yes, yeah. it's Moses. <laughs> since the Hebrew <laughs> Republic. Myself, since I'm, the I'm, Hebrew I'm, Republic days back with I, Jethro. Hey, listen, and, uh, I remember yeah. Truman. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, so I get a call from somebody from our, our party and says, hey, they threw your ballot out. I said, why? Why? Why, why did they do that? Uh, well, you didn't put a one after it or something like that. They threw it out. They didn't tell me why. Then I had another ballot. I took a, a Xerox copy of it, okay? So I filled it out again, and they threw that out. Wow. And then I, when I got home, I said, why would you throw my ballots out? It's, well, she said um, at the clerk's office, she said, well, you didn't put a one after the county uh, township. 
The reality so, was because you were involved in the 86 insurrection. <laughs> I was. I was. I was. And that's a whole story in itself. Well. And, and, but anyway, I, so what do you mean a one after the township? Because we're one township. He said, well, you got to put a one after it. Now, well, why don't you have, if I have to change what I've always known, then tell me, put a thing on the Put it on the uh, ballot. Yeah. You got to put a one after because you're from this. Uh, because we have one township now has two. It's cut in yeah. two. Well, and, and th- this is crazy. Well, I think it, the point of that is that they're 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 using the system to manipulate their through our yeah their sure. power. yeah they want to throw out oh, the ballots. Nice. They're looking, yep. and this is I think this is why I just wanted you guys to kind of come down here and and tell your story because. This is happening everywhere. I mean, I see yes. this in Indiana. Yep. It's not just Michigan. Yep. It's all over the country. The, the Those who are in power are doing everything they can to hold on to power. They're using the system to manipulate it. We have to know the system better than they know it if we're going to win this thing. Well, I mean, that's one of the things I heard in Hillsdale. These elected officials, they said, who do they think we are? They are that we have to come to them for the permission to run as a Republican. <laughs> and my answer to that was, who do I think I am? Yeah. The Republican Party. That's who. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, see, the, the elected officials in yeah. the Republican Party yeah. are already delegates. Yeah. They don't have to run as a delegate, but they did to, to suck yeah. up all our delegates. But yeah. they are, look, if you ever read Thomas Paine's The Crisis, December 23rd, yeah. 1776, he said the crisis can be a good thing or a bad thing. And he said in a crisis, in that time, he said there's been many a Tory that have raised their head. See, they didn't know who the Tories were, but in yeah. this crisis, all of a sudden, people start showing so their, who, true, their colors. true colors. Yeah. And yeah. we have a crisis, and the crisis doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can no. be a good thing. Very good thing. Yeah. And that crisis has showed us who truly are servants of the people yeah. and who aren't. And it hasn't been anybody that's in an elected position yeah. in Hillsdale. We've got one now, Steve Lanius, that he, he's in. He actually came, uh, uh, I was told he came to the convention for the real Republican Party uh, Thursday night, last night, and not at the other. But all the rest of them went to theirs. Yeah. And now they're threatening lawsuits because the body of the people came together and ran their own convention. Our six officers weren't there. We didn't do anything. Yeah. We yeah. walked away. Yeah. But the party, the people, yeah. came together we and ran people. their own con- convention. That's great. We That's the great. People. I love it. And they're telling us we can't meet. Oh well, yeah, what's, what's that? Watch, break? What yeah, watch us. Break on that one? Well, I think that's I think that's great. It's to to that point. Thomas Paine is so right that these this crisis can be a good thing. I, I I was at a library board meeting and I'm on the I'm sitting on the Hamilton County Library Board now. I got appointed by the council and and it's a board of uh, seven. And my appointment flipped it from four three. Uh, liberal to four three conservative, and we're we're having these battles of like children's books and inappropriate content, sexualization of our kids. Yeah, and yeah, prepping. Yeah, yep, totally. Mm-hmm. Yep, the grooming at the grooming stuff. And there's this one guy who's been on the board probably the longest, uh, and he he's just always been pretty quiet. You don't really know where he stands. Well, last night we had kind of a shot over the bow kind of vote where he said, hey, this one book is not, it's a parental resource. This is not a five-year-old's book. They wanted to keep it in the five-year-old section. It was all about how to have sex. Mm-hmm. It was every, it had pictures and graphics. They wanted five-year-olds to have access to this. And we said, no, this is parents, parent resources. Yeah, five-year-old yeah. can have access if the parent, if the parent allows. Exactly. Well, this guy, he raised his head 
Now we and and he had to really come out. And now we, after the after the board meeting, it was like, oh, okay, we know you are not you're not a conservative because he everything he was real quiet up to that point for the last you know few months. And we were kind of like, I wonder where he stands on on these really important issues. Well, the at this crisis, this crisis the Tory out. it brought the Tory out, and we <laughs> saw it, and uh, and we all walked away being like, all right, he is he's he showed his hand, and and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Now we know what we're dealing with, yeah. and we know you know it's like let your yays be yay yep. and your nays be nay. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming down, and hopefully this encouraged you. If you are, uh, you know, in a battle, like it, just know it. The, the battle can be a good thing. The crisis can be a good thing, and God's raising up an army of warriors to stand for truth in a world full of lies. And and you're gonna if you don't have if you don't have conflict, if you don't have enemies, then I would ask the question: Are you really doing something uh, right? Yeah, I mean, you are you're over the target when you're taking fire. But it's the tribulation. That makes us strong. Yeah. In the military, it was never the destination. It was always the journey. Yeah. And that's it. That's that. That's God has never spared his children. Um, from the fire, from the tribulation. Yeah. He's always spared us the wrath, yeah. but never the tribulation. Cause it's the tribulation that sharpens steel on steel. That's right. It's ma- it makes us strong. Uh, a man is made be- between the hammer and the anvil. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, Hey, hope uh, this was encouraging to you today. Stay strong in the fight. Check out Jesus, sex and politics, uh, follow Hillsdale County, the Republican party, the real Republican party. And, uh, and we're going to keep an eye on it and keep you up to date, but thanks for listening. This has been Jesus, sex and politics. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Have a great day.